0: Hello everyone, I'm Dominique Johnson-Lindsay and welcome to the Active Listener podcast by Lightspeed. For the past three decades, Lightspeed has journeyed with educators and tech experts across school districts. With our Active Listener podcast, we are bringing the stories and experiences of our customers education expert and our own team members on how listening is foundational to education. Tune in as we amplify these vital voices and understand more about the people shaping the future of education. We hope every podcast listen will be a learning opportunity with active listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is Dominique, and this is the Active Listener Podcast. I'm so excited to have Ed Hilton joining us today. So before we get started, Ed, tell our audience who you are.
1: Okay. Thanks, Dominique. It's great to be here. Uh, My name is Ed Hilton, as you said, and I'm uh, the Chief Technology Officer for the Tahoe Truckee Unified School District, which is in uh, the Sierra Nevada mountains of Northern California. We're pretty much right in between Reno, Nevada and Sacramento, California on the Sacramento side of uh, the state line. And um, our school district has uh, just about 4,000 students. And we are the second largest school district in California by square miles, not by uh, students. So um, we're right behind LA Unified at about 723 square miles of uh, district. We cover three counties um, and our buses roll Um, over 100,000 miles a year, um, and we have 80% ridership. Um, There's lots going on up here in the mountains, 11 schools, um, about 30% uh, English learners, 40% uh, free and reduced lunch. Um, And uh, we just love uh, learning up here in Tahoe Truckee, and we love technology as well. And so I feel like I have the best job ever. I started as a teacher elementary school, um, middle school teacher, high school teacher, um, and then uh, went into technology. And it's pretty much all been here at Tahoe Truckee. This is my 19th year in the school district. And um, I love this place. It's a great place to, to have your family, raise kids, um, and then also just uh, be able to connect with a, a small community community even though we're kind of spread out, it is a it is a small community and we get to meet so many amazing people just being in kind of a, a tourist area. There's lots to do in the summertime and in the winter. And we already have some snow on the ground, which is great for this holiday season.
0: <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. I always find it so fun when you say it's snowing out there. I think for someone like me living way across the country, you just don't think about snow over there. So that's Especially so cool. with California, everybody
1: thinks we uh, sit on the beach all day and work on our tans. But uh, you know, we had so much snow last year, we had to close some of our schools down because uh, our roofs couldn't take the snow load. There was so much snow. Um, over 700 inches at the school that I, I was a principal for a couple of years, too, up on Donner Summit. And we had um, over 700 inches of snow last year. It was It was amazing. Yeah. But uh, we need it. It's good for the fire season. We also have uh, forest fires up here in the summertime. So it's been good getting that rain last season. So yeah, it's been, it's a great, great place to play and be outdoors as well.
0: Gotcha. I love it. Ah. So, you gave us so much good information and you really leaned into why I wanted to talk to you. And that's because you have such a unique district to me that you are this small rural district, but you know, in such a big state. And so, One of the things I wanted to kick off by asking is what are some of the like unique challenges that you feel like small or like rural districts face when implementing new technologies that's a little bit different from, you know, a larger district?
1: No, that's a that's a great question. And um, this is my 10th year being kind of the technology lead um, in the district. And, you know, since it's a small district, I've had other jobs at the same time, uh, one of them being a principal. Um, but, you know, just kind of watching technology shift over the last uh, 10 years and there's been so many changes, um, you know, you're you're right. There there are definitely some challenges and um I'd say the first one that's that's difficult for us is just being kind of uh, secluded or separated from where kind of maybe you'd say the action is at. Like when you're down in Sacramento or the Bay Area and you have a lot of other school districts and um, companies and organizations and you just are always aware of what's next, it's kind of for us, we have to kind of keep ahead of it. And I really uh, rely a lot on um, some of the networks that I'm, I'm part of like SITE, which is a California IT um, administrators group, and then also Q, which is uh, kind of on the ed tech side of things for California. Um, just to kind of stay up to date and those networks and using technology and just hearing what other people are doing um, is really helpful for us, especially not being able to be in the same uh, kind of in-person networks. It's gotten a little better since, you know, the pandemic and people are having more virtual meetings and we can be included in more things, but just to get to our county office is over an hour and a half, almost two hours. Um, So then that's four hours out of your day, just driving back and forth and that's without snow. So, um, in some ways, we kind of have to make it for ourselves and make sure that we are we're trying to get into the opportunities, going to the trainings, um, seeing what's going on and um, kind of help ourselves to, to connect and see what's going on. Um, that's kind of like the first challenge, just making sure that we're aware of what's happening. I think uh, another challenge for implementing new technology is just um, being able to have like the the scalable efficiency of purchasing technology. And as you know, technology is always changing. It it can be expensive. And I think some of the larger districts, you know, if you're buying 5, 10, 15,000 devices, you can get a lot better deals than you can if you're just buying one or 200. Um, And so that's another thing that we've found um, uh, that's a challenge. Um, Thankfully, we've had um, some good vendor partnerships over the years um, that have really helped us to put some new technology into our classrooms and um, and those one and I call them partners because some vendors, if you're a small district, you kind of, you know, your reps change a lot. And, you know, and it's good. They get promoted. They go on. But, you know, we, di- we just don't get the, the same kind of maybe um, service that a larger district gets. Um, but there's a couple that have just really taken us under their wing. Um, you know, one would be CDW. Um, you know, the, our rep is the same rep that reps for, For I mentioned LA Unified before. Um, he's their rep. Another one is Lightspeed Technologies, which does our AV equipment. Um, you know, they've personally visited us and helped us when we were doing our bond projects and rebuilding our classrooms. And um, so I really appreciate it that those there's a few companies out there that are really take the extra time for a small district and treat us just like the big ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that, that kind of finance, the fiscal conversation can be a little bit harder um, for smaller districts as well. That makes um, I,
0: sense.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, one of the things that's been really good up here is that we do have a educational foundation and they've been really interested in kind of helping us fund some of our, um, projects. One big one uh, right before we uh, went out for a bond was uh, kind of looking at the future of classroom technology. And this is going back about 14 years, but they gave us like $50,000 to have um, eight teachers um, that were from each grade span. We're a unified school district from uh, transitional kindergarten up through 12th grade. And we took a few teachers from each grade span and just said, if, you, if money was no object, what would you do in your classroom? So um, they just dreamt and, um, it was great to have our educational foundation to fund that, um, and to help us out. And, uh, a lot of the decisions that we made as part of that small group back, uh, that was back in 2010, um, made it into our bond projects. And then when we built all our classrooms out, we have about 250 classrooms and, um, we were able to take those ideas and, uh, put them into every classroom.
0: I love that. I love that like collaborative approach to like get it done. Um, And that's definitely something I guess that I kind of wanted to ask about because I know one of the other things that I've heard just from having these conversations is about the adoption of the new technology. So it's one thing to go out and get technology. It's another thing to make sure that Um, the people that you purchased it for, whether it's teachers or students or whomever. Um, So what what are things that you do to facilitate adoption in your district? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think for us, it's been, uh, you know, we have some very veteran teachers. About 40 percent of our teachers have been here. Um, 10 years or longer. And so sometimes like pushing new initiatives or trying to support change um, can be challenging in some ways. Um, that said, I think um, one of the things that we've done to help it out, is uh, to help adoption and to increase use of uh, new technology is to kind of um, just start small and organic. And we try not, because we're so small, we can kind of be more relational about how we connect with our teacher. I mean, really, you know, it's, it's me and we have a small tech team of about six of us. And um, we know all the the players at all the schools and who, you know, if we can get them like excited about something that they're going to tell like two or three other folks. So we kind of, we don't have like a big, you know, systemic way of doing things. It's kind of like, you know, get it out there to a couple of people, really help them and support them using it. And then it's kind of like, It just kind of goes around the school. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Wouldn't it be great if we had that in our classroom? Um, And so like just one one example of that was just, um, you know, kind of going all the way back to our classroom of the future, picking certain teachers that were excited about trying new things and really supporting them. And then as they start to adopt and see great things happening with their students in their classroom, they bring their grade levels along, they bring their school buildings along. So um, I'd say we've been a little less structured than maybe, you know, certain uh, tech departments might be in a bigger district, just because we're smaller, and we can have some of that relational um, connection. And then maybe a teacher shares, I wish I could do X, whatever that is, And and then I can find something get one or two of them, try it out. And then, um, when, once they, you know, are start again, it's starting to have success. Um, that just kind of, that grows from there. And so our one-to-one program is just like one of the, the ways that we started that out. Um, this was back in 2012, we started, um, Chromebooks, and we had a, a team that was really excited about using technology in the classroom. And so we took that whole eighth grade team and they, they, decided that the next year they really wanted to just go all, all out and, uh, technology. So we bought, uh, again, with the support of our foundation, um, one-to-one technology for the whole eighth grade. And it didn't take long next year, the seventh grade wanted it too. And then the sixth grade. And so we kind of started from the middle and worked out, um, for our like one-to-one adoption. And the funny thing was, as we finished, I don't know, it was funny, but it was, it was definitely fortuitous that, um, we finished our one-to-one rollout with uh, K-1 um, December of 2019. So um, little did we know what was happening in March of the next year when we were shutting our buildings down, but that uh, that it took us a whole, um, almost 10 years to complete that entire rollout. So is it was maybe a little slower than other districts, you know, maybe a two-year or three-year plan, but we feel like kind of that long game really had a lot of buy-in and people weren't forced to go faster than they were maybe comfortable with. And then when it came time, you know, March of 2020, when we closed down our schools, um, we were able to, within two days, um, move to virtual learning where other districts, you know, took weeks, didn't have the equipment, whatever it was it was just really great to have everybody who was on board and, you know, we still had folks that were, uh, you know, just having challenges with technology, but they learned so quick because it was just part of the culture. Um, so we, we talk about how that two days, we did like five years of PD in just two days and we had everything that we needed, all the technology we needed. And, um, you know, as a result, you know, our learning loss certainly wasn't as much as our the statewide average. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something to be proud of. So we like to start small and and uh, be relational about uh, the technology and the exciting things uh, that, that folks can do in the classroom.
0: I love it. I love it. That's such a feel-good story. A lot of times we talk about stuff that happened in the, you know, time that we want to remain unnamed. But, you know... <laughs> um, I feel like that's such a feel good story to know that you all had done so much work in preparation um just for business as usual, um, but it paid off for the pandemic. Um, One question that comes to mind is what kind of lesson or what kind of takeaway from the pandemic do you feel like still exists in the technology infrastructure that you all have today? So obviously outside of just like physical devices like what do you feel like what's the lesson um that you all have been able to carry with you
1: yeah that's a that's another great uh, that's a good reflective question like thinking back uh, coming away and i can't believe it's been like four years it'll be four years in march um that all that happened and uh you know we're still kind of dealing with it but i think the big learning or the big like takeaway and we talk about that a lot like what You know what happened, what we went through, all the learnings we had. Um, But I think the big one is, is that I think a lot of times when you have an idea or something that's you want to do, you feel you have to have it like all planned out, like all the structures in place, every I dotted, every T crossed, and then until you can go and do something, right? And it's like. And that's a lot. And then you think about all the things that could go wrong and all the all the challenges that are in the way. And um, there's a lot of excuses that you can make to say, oh, I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, And so I think coming out of the pandemic is really realized that, you know, even if you just try one thing or take a risk in this area, that we can just the the little changes here and there can make big wins and um, just, you know, step out, like even if it's not all like baked, Maybe it's half baked um, idea. Just go out and try it, and, um, you, and you get some movement, right? And um, and then that's something that you know. I think some some of us who like to move fast, you know, get frustrated with education because it's just like, oh change takes so long and we've always done it this way and how do we move forward? And so that's why, again, like just the little things, you know, little conversations, you know, working with one teacher, just kind of go get it started because that's the hardest part. Just go get it started with what you got, even if it's not all fully developed. And um, the pandemic kind of showed us that because we didn't know like one day to the next what was going to happen. So we kind of learned to to be to pivot. And, and you know, I, that word, I hate the <laughs> pivot, you know, <laughs> like, be adaptive, you know, all those things. But um, it's, it really is true that that we don't we don't have to wait. And we have we have, you know, all these years of kids that are that are in our schools and we need to prepare them for, you know, I've heard it many times, the jobs that we don't even that aren't even here yet. Right. So, um, you know, so let's not wait, let's, let's just try little things a little quicker. And, um, I think we'll get big results. So, um, so that's my big takeaway that it's okay to just start small and you don't have to have it all like all fleshed out yet. Um, before you start something new.
0: I love it. I love it. And we also had another person who kind of mentioned something similar and I'm like, yeah, even thing because I think a lot of times, especially in schools, you know, you want to have it perfect. You want to get it down to a science. And yeah. it's like, sometimes you just got to yeah. get it out there.
1: Totally. And I get it. You know, I'm glad we're a little bit, you know, we want to make sure everything, you know, we're, we're having, we're kids here. We want to make sure everybody's safe. And, you know, we want to make sure that our students are still learning, but a lot of things, you know, it's like, let's, let's, let's take a little risk. Let's step out ahead. And I, I think for our students, you know, it's just, it's going to be amazing for them. So um, just, just so exciting to, to have, and to be able to work with people who are, uh, you know, willing to, to take those risks as well and step out for uh, the sake of our learning community that we're all, and that's the other thing too, we're all learning. That's another piece of it too. It's like, and I think a lot of teachers realize during the, that pandemic time, it's like, wow, like, you know, I'm, I'm still a learner and uh, we can move ahead and I can do something different. I saw some great veteran teachers be so creative um, using technology. And um, so we're, we're never done, never done learning.
0: That's, that's a good one. So thinking ahead, you said something that was so like profound. And that is preparing kids for the jobs that we don't even know exist. And so with that in mind, what? technology do you think will have a big impact within the next five to 10 years? Um, Just thinking about all the transitions that you've already seen. Mm
1: -hmm. Another great question. Um, That's a good one. I think it's been hard because the last, you know, 10 decade or so, maybe a little bit longer, it's like we had, you know, we had the, the PC computer and then the internet and then kind of like mobile computing with our cell phones and tablets and things like that. There's all these kind of revolutionary steps. And then the last 10 years or so, it's kind of been like, what's next? What's coming? And, you know, um, uh, and then, you know, I hate to be a broken wrecker, but one of the things I get really excited about is artificial intelligence and AI. And, uh, you know, you've probably heard that before. I'm not as like, wow, this is going to solve all of our problems. You know, I kind of like I'm a little like, okay, let's just like try this out and take a risk and see how it works. And um, so, you know, when the, when it first came up about this time last year, um, the teachers started hearing about it and students using it. I mean, we we of course got the first few calls like, "Oh, we got to block this." You know, we can't have students cheating on their their uh, you know their their assessments or quite you know questions or homework or whatever. And um, I think the one thing that's been really cool is we never we never got to the point where we had to block it. And we we're already in a partnership with a couple of uh, companies that are testing their AI products for students with our school district. So that was really cool to have some of those relationships where we could try things uh, ahead of time. But I think it's just, it's really cool. And I'm going to say for kind of jump into equity um, for all of our students, because, you know, when I was a kid and my mom was a, she, she stayed at home and raised us. And whenever I had questions on homework, you know, I had like, I had chat GPT mom, you know, that I could go ask like a question and she would like help me out with my homework. And I would like I would give my essay to her and she'd read it and mark it up. Um, So it's really cool for our families. And like I said before, you know, we're 30 percent EL, 40 percent free reduced. Um, We have a lot of uh, kids that go home and they don't have. A big sister or a parent—they're out working, or maybe working a couple jobs just to be able to. It's very expensive to live in California and 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 up here in our area, um, and so being able to have tools where students can ask questions and get support—you um, know, kind of like go a little deeper in their thinking, um, not just, you know, and so being able to use these tools with our students, with our with our teachers and um, see them not as just asking questions and getting answers, but how can I, when I'm just kind of like not sure what to start with, you know, how could I start an outline or how could I make this better? What are some changes I could make? So I think it's something that we'll, we'll continue to see maybe over the next five or 10 years, that's gonna be really powerful, powerful for us. And we're just kind of at the front end of it where people are kind of, you know, we're seeing all the cool tools and things like that. But as it gets incorporated into all the different things that we use, whether it's our phones or cars, um, the technology that we use, um, I think it could be really powerful for us, especially in education.
0: I love it. I love it. Yes. This is the common theme that we've been seeing. Um, And I think with the people we've spoken with so far, it's been great to hear how you all have embraced it and tried to figure out ways um, to make it work within the school. Um, and even you talking about um, it helping with equity is so important uh, where on the equal and opposite side, people have introduced it as a problem. Um, and I love to hear how our You know, our people think about it as solutions, because I think that's just so important and something we always want to do and support is like solutions in the classroom.
1: And it's always good for me. I talk a lot in metaphors and to help like, you know, we had a few teachers, you know, like, wow, you know, the kids are going to be able to cheat. and I'm like, well, let's say a kid goes home and they need help with your assignment and they ask their parent is that cheating? (laughs) And, you know, or, you know, using a Chrome, you know, if there's a technology problem, you like, would you take, you know, they want to take away the Chromebook or do, you know, or block a website or something. It's like, well, you know, do you take away the pencil and paper from a student or when one child needs some more support or they're not using something inappropriately, do you take it away from all the students, you know, to, you know, that's, that's just not the way we do things. So it's just, sometimes it's, it's, with technology when people are especially new technologies to kind of think in in metaphors and help them think about the things in the past that oh my gosh the the overhead projector or the whiteboard or you know we we just there's been a lot of technologies over the year the television you know that um People get really, you know, excited about and um, or uh, you know, challenged by. But um, if we can look, like you said, a possibility, and not just look at the challenges, but look at what the possibilities are, I think, you know, that's that's the best we can do for our, for our kids because they're they're going to have these tools at some point in their lives, and if we can help them learn how to use them in a safe learning environment, even if they make mistakes um that's amazing because that's what we do we learn and i would love for them to you know experiment fail learn uh you know and kind of repeat over and over again and um and and then when we're able to let them go college career life um wherever their dreams take them, that they have those skills that it doesn't matter what new technology is going to come up um that they can learn it use it change uh help help their lives help their communities
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. That's so good. And I love that, you know, that vision is, is embedded in somebody like you that has the ability to touch the students in the district and really get it to them. A lot of times, you know, there's always a disconnect between what the end goals should be. Um, I love to hear this. And especially for someone like me that doesn't get to get out a lot um, and talk to people, it's always inspiring to hear like, okay, these are the people um, in charge of the technology decisions, I think that's
1: so good. hmm Thank you. I um, mean, it's been cool to see. We just finished a strategic plan process with our our school board and um, our community, and there's a lot of like input into the strategic plan. And it was really cool to see how kind of there's been this big shift where technology we used to like think of technology as something we had to teach the technology and you know you would do it when we had computer labs you do the technology down the hall um the technology was like this core part of our strategic plan you know 10 years ago now we're like tech is just like in every part whether we're talking about facilities or custodial or teaching and learning or special education like technology is just embedded in all the different Areas so so this strategic plan we did not have a separate technology piece it's just like embedded in, in everything that we do um, and to really see technology as the tool that we use um, you know to move that strategic plan forward so um, so it is a it's it's been a it's been a cool cool shift for us to have not only the access to technology but seeing technology as something that can can really help us out it's a, it's not the thing it's the tool that allows us to to learn more effectively efficiently support our students support our, our staff um, wherever we're at. so you know we just had some pretty good pretty good results over the years um, with tech.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So last question is what is the one piece of technology you're specifically looking for to utilizing in your district this like school year?
1: This school year, one piece of technology. Um, I'm just going to go back to it. Like the we're start, again, I talked to you about like starting small, you know, AI is something that we haven't like rolled out across the district. We haven't blocked it across the district. However, we've started offering like some professional development about once a month. We meet with some teachers who are interested in using it. We've had, uh, I'd say about a dozen teachers so far, which that's about 5% of our district, our teaching staff. Um, And like I said, we were partnering with um, a company called Mm sandbox.chat and um, with our high schools. And we have uh, two or three teachers at each of our comprehensive high schools Mm -hmm. who we're supporting. They're using it. They're getting excited about it. And it's one of those things that we hope that, you know, again, we're starting small. Get a little like um, energy around a new tool and then people start looking, you know, some kids are like, wait, you know, Mr. Mister Jones is using that in his class. Like, you know, what what's that all about? And um, I can use it on my homework. Like, what's, you know, that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, just kind of starting small and then we'll see, like, do a little bigger push this next year. But I'd like to get something in place. There's just so many AI tools out there. And I'm just like, would like to get a tool or two that we could really use and put out there that's safe for our students to use and safe for our teachers to use, um, especially around data privacy. And that's one thing that I know tech tech directors and CTOs have been, you know, worried about the last year and a half or so, just like those, uh, you know, data breaches and ransomware attacks on their students. And we just have so much precious information that we protect about our students and um, their learning and what they're doing. And so that, that kind of keeps me up at night. So I just want to make sure not, that they're cool tools, and we talk about that a lot, but that they're also safe. So um, this this year, just kind of getting our feet wet and making sure that the tools that we share with everybody else are, are safe and um, exciting for our students to use.
0: Yeah, well, that yeah. sounds good. That sounds, like, amazing, and I'm glad you're already seeing some of that, you know, steam yeah. pick up on it. I think yeah, is so cool. So. Yeah. So my last two questions are... Sure. Fun. So oh, you're ready um, <laughs> to switch gears just a little okay, bit. Sure, sure. Um, so the first question is, if you had the power to eliminate one barrier to learning, like instantly, what would it be?
1: Instantly, one thing. I would say making sure that every student is able to come to school, and that's like one half of it, to come to school. And when they come to school, that they're ready to learn. That there's no, they're not hungry. Um, they've had a nice warm bed to sleep in. They're, they're rested um, and uh, they feel like that when they go home, they're going to be cared for, safe, secure. Um, and I just think in the world, we just see so much around where, um, you know, families are insecure, whether it's around uh, jobs or opportunity or things like that. Um, parents work in multiple jobs. Um, I just wish more of our families could just uh, take a breath and be able to relax a little bit and focus on their families and um, their their kids' education. And I wish the kids didn't have to worry about, like, you know, their fam- their own families. Um, so that would be the one thing I would wish. I mean, we have so many tools, so many things that that in, in our schools, um, and our teachers do a lot. Um, but if kids could come to school, attendance has been a really big issue for us. If everybody could come to school and that they'd be ready to learn, I wish – we could get that going for a hundred percent of kids. would be amazing.
0: I love it. I love it. And then last one. So I think that everyone has a sound that just like brings them joy. Mm -hmm. So my question is what's the one sound in the world that you love that never fails to like make Mm. you smile?
1: I would say, well, I was, um, I I was going to say water at first, but then I'm like, you know, like that, that definitely calms me and stuff. But something that like takes me to that next level, um, I was raised in a church and I love pipe organ, like being in a big Gothic cathedral and that organ playing like an old hymn or something just takes me to that next level of like, you know, connecting with myself, my faith. Uh, you know, my community and just I love that sound of a pipe organ and how the air fills the room and just like you get it's just very powerful um, sound. So uh, a cool pipe organ, like hitting those bass notes um, is a cool
0: one. I love it. I love it. And that's such a unique sound. I love that every guest has such a different answer. So this is always like my favorite part. Um, So before we end, I definitely want to say thank you so, so much for joining us. This was so good. Um, And I'm so excited to keep hearing about all the great things you are doing in California.
1: Awesome. Thanks. It's great to meet you, too, Dominique. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it.
0: That's all for today's active listener. Thanks for tuning in. Share your comments on this episode on our Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn social media pages. You can visit our website at lightspeed-tech.com to learn more about our mission to ensure every student hears every word. And subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Until next time, let your listening be as active as you're learning.